forever. Dog. gentle listeners it's andrew and welcome to scary stories to tell in the pod it is a podcast all about scary stories urban legends spooky things you tell us about and it is a comedy podcast about those things so think of it like um kathy and jimmy uh haunting your basement in a very friendly accessible way and joining us once again is the very funny the very wonderful katie fishel Hello. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> of course, of course. I know it's been seven weeks since our last episode. Um, I know. I went pee pee on the potty. <laughs> I refilled my coffee cup. And uh, and now I'm back and it feels like so long. It is now Friday and it is time to open the tome that is the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark book series. And Katie, I guess the big question is, were you aware of these books as a kid? Okay, so here's the thing. So when I, okay, I have had this memory, this, you know, you have like little flashes of things that have happened in your life, you know, as a child where you're like, I don't know what that is or where it was from, but it just is there. It seeped into my brain. There was like a song that I remember that I would listen to. I had like an audio book or something when I was a kid and I would listen to it and it freaked me out so much. And it was about, like what happens to your body when it decomposes. Yes. And I remember, and I know I know you know where I'm going with this. I remember the line, it they eat your eyes, they eat your toes, they or they they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. And I was listening to like prep for this podcast, like the last guest that you had read that as like a poem and I like nearly fell out of my chair because I was like that is this memory like I guess that's where where this is from I had no idea so I guess I had a spooky little audio book or something or a little cd-rom yes that I would listen to and uh yeah really scared me a lot that is there was an audio book version of it by this like I guess famous storyteller named George Irving and Mm. he like those we would listen to it sometimes on road trips and I cannot tell you how I would – I know people use the word like disassociate uh, you know, a million times a day now, but I, I was enjoying it as a kid. But also sometimes it was so scary to me that I just had to like leave myself. I, I like yes. have very clear memories of like imagining myself floating outside of our car. As I was listening to it being like, and I'm not listening to this part. Well, what a good, you know what? I wonder if that's like some of the power of letting your children like be exposed to stuff like that. It's like those early um, coping mechanisms of like, oh, I can't really deal with this. This is not for me. I got to go for 40 seconds. Yeah, I'm just going to shut down for a minute. It was was always – uh, I believe there's a story called Nitai Doty Walker, which is about uh, like a bloody what head falling down a chimney. Yes. And at one point the like head looks at a dog and the dog is so scared that the dog dies from fright. And I was right. like, I, yeah, I was like, I just can't enter into the possibility of witnessing a dog look at a bloody head and die of fright. And then I'm just left there alone with this bloody head that is capable of moving on its own. And here's the thing. Yeah, that that story is so fucked up. I the two things that I really can't handle um to this day 
are um, any sort of severed head. Yes. You know, any sort of, any, that is sort of the worst. Um, it is just a nightmare to me. I oh. really, really, really can't handle it. Um, and any sort of, you know, classic Animal Planet girl here, uh, like any sort of pet dying first. <laughs> yes. I Anytime I see, oh, awesome, this like, this like cool, like hot white family is moving into house and they have a border collie. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'll just like go fuck myself. Yeah, because like, obviously they're going to find the dog, you know, you're oh, going to hear, Arr! you know, and then you're going to, what's, what is that? Um, I watched Single White Female for the first time recently. Which yeah. wild movie if you haven't seen it. Really? I have not seen it. Really wild. It, is it good? I, I don't know how to answer that. I think uh, I was riveted. I was like uh-huh. I, at any <laughs> at any given moment, I was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Yeah. It, it goes on such a wild journey. It does feel like it was created for like late night showings where everyone is like screaming at the screen. But yeah, there is a – I'm not – we we on this podcast we use this rule where instead of saying like a dog died we call it a landlord instead just to like make like the landlord that's real oh god I love you guys and yeah. um and so in in single white female which spoilers this movie came out thirty one years ago I I don't think anyone <laughs> should be worried but um it's about like uh um a woman who's recently broken up with her fiance she needs a roommate to help split the rent this woman shows up who like kind of gives some red flags but they become fast friends and Mm -hmm. soon the roommate starts like taking on qualities of her like is very obsessive they get the same haircut like starting (gasps) to wear her clothes and um they they get a uh, a young landlord together from a litter of landlords. Oh yes, yes, classic. And um and at one point in the movie, oh no, this little landlord gets dropped out of a New York City apartment window. Absolutely not. And I can't. I really. I think Chris and I were watching, and we just paused it, and we're like, "This movie is unhinged. This movie don't care." what you want this movie don't care <laughs> but yeah i feel i feel much the same way um it is horrific you know i i remember i i was obsessed with the movie eight-legged freaks <gasps> as a child of course oh yeah of course folks if you haven't watched what is it 2004 four i entered a sweepstake to to win um i was not interested in this at all but a friend <laughs> of mine had won uh, a Pat Sun sweepstake for the movie Blue Crush, I believe. <laughs> that is the most early odd sentence anyone has ever said. That is so. We were th- there. We were drinking our Sprite remixes, <laughs> and wouldn't you know? <laughs> she, yeah, she won. She won like the blue cr- the Blue Crush sweepstakes, and she like <gasps> went on like a surfing getaway. And I was oh. like. I, if these sweepstakes are just happening and the next one was eight legged <laughs> freaks and I can't think of a thing less suited to me, but it was like, yes. you'll go on a 10 day ATV trip with like a BMX racer. It was like, <laughs> and Luke Wilson, right, right. it was like, not for me at all. But I entered that sweepstakes and I was like, I mean, I'm going to win this. I have no doubt that this is, that is I will so win. funny. Yeah. Did you win? Oh no, 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 no. no. But yeah, imagine if I did. But I'm so sorry. Eight-legged freaks. Oh, no. That is – I'm so happy I know this about you. Uh, uh, no, Eight-Legged Freaks, great movie, insane, about spiders that get too big yes. is the sort of the plot. Uh, the spiders are simply too big <laughs> for the town. They got too big. They got yeah. way too big. 
And uh, and there is a scene that's like meant to play for like laughs because oh, yeah. it's like very zany in the way that it's depicted. But so the spiders are way too big. They're starting to take over and there's sort of like a couple and they've got a little kitty cat. And then the kitty cat sees or like hears a little rustling in the in the drywall. You remember this? I do. And uh, and then the cat like goes to like see what it is. And then you hear like the cat like, you know, like freaking out. And then the couple like goes and like tries to find the cat in the wall. And then the cat, like like a Looney Tunes sort of moment, gets smashed from the inside of the drywall. So you see the outline of the cat over and over and over again, up the wall, up the ceiling. And they're sort of watching it together, trembling, being like, Mr. Wiggle, you know, whatever the name is. Yeah. Of the cat. And it is just sort of like absolutely supposed to be funny. It just disturbed me to no end as a child. It's like, this is not funny. Of course. You cannot do this to the kitty cat. And uh, it was the one part of the movie that I really did not like. To, yeah, I, I feel like very often, um, very often in these movies, the the like the like really graphic scary scenes that are supposed to be like, and this is where we're having a light moment here, are always the ones that scare me the most as a kid. Always yes. a uh, Newman getting gooped in the face in Jurassic park. Oh yeah. I know. And I know he's a creep in the movie, but like, I was like, no. I, that was the most disturbing part of that movie to me. I completely agree with you. Cause I think it taps into so many different things of like the isolation, the claustrophobia, the sensory deprivation of that. I really was very yeah. disturbed by it as well. Where it's like, I can't see, I can't get out of the car yes. and no one cares about me. Yes. So I, no one's going to help. That's it. It's beca- like, and I know the normal reaction is like, as a kid watching kids be chased by dinosaurs, you think you like, you're like, oh, I could be like that kid. But yeah, yeah. I, I kind of was like, the kids are going to be fine. Even in my little kid brain. Yeah. Um, but but then, oh, of course, though, when, when there is a movie when the kid is not fine, that is very scary to me. That's really scary, too. Yeah. No good. No. Yeah. That the was, kid's got to be all right. As, I, as the, I yeah. definitely remember seeing Pet Cemetery on like a rainy <gasps> Saturday afternoon, probably on Superstation. I and mean, yeah. dude. Uh, that yeah, one was. Stephen King, bro. Pet Cemetery and It? Oh, Georgie? That are you kidding me? So, it's still so hard to watch. Yeah. Oh, so, so scary. It's really, really upsetting. And that interestingly <laughs> is like that with these books, I think a thing that was um, why they very often got banned from libraries and public schools was because oh, wow. om- like so often in these stories and in this one you're about to read, mm-hmm. it is about like kids being in danger and like mm-hmm. not coming out okay. Yes. Um, yes. And yes. I, But I do remember, I don't know, I can't, I, I, it's arguable whether I turned out okay or not. But I, I guess I can't imagine my childhood development without some of that scary stuff totally. um, because it then gave me a way to process that again and again in my head a million times. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, because I also just think that like, you know, it's so it's so hard to understand as a child, like, right, in these stories, someone does mischief and then they die. Yes. And it's like, oh, so like – Sometimes mischief is like too is not cute. Yeah, this is not a charming quality. Yeah. So sometimes you have to be really careful about when to do mischief and when not to. It's just like I, you know, it's it's sort of that thing of like, I mean, I don't know. It's it's like the early like death acceptance thing. Of yeah. Like, wow. Like sometimes bad things can really happen, and like that's really fucked up. I'm always curious. I remember. I remember. Uh, 
uh, someone who I used to work with spouse, like was a child development expert or something and uh-huh. talked about, um, the impact of kids who attended funerals, like, like wow. whether yeah. that was good for kids or bad for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I forget what the conclusion was. So really this anecdote is completely useless, but <laughs> <laughs> I think like my grandparents had just like so many close friends that like I was going to funerals left and right as a kid. Like totally. And it was like always sad. It was never like not, you know, sad or traumatizing in a way. But at a, at a certain point, like I, even as a young person, I like, Oh, here's the value of like this ritual of everyone getting together after someone's gone. And I do think that is helpful. Oh, a thousand percent. And I also think that like, yeah, I mean, that's like a whole conversation about how we treat death and how we sweep it away and how we so like sanitize it, um, in our culture. But I also think that that is, you know, it's so important in my opinion to have pets as a child because that is really the, the easiest, I mean, it's not easy, but it is the first kind of way into that because I definitely remember like I had to, one of the most powerful moments in my childhood was that our I, I found a cat outside. I begged my mom to let me keep it. Old, old cat. His name was Simon. He was fluffy and black and white, cute as can be. Can you imagine? <laughs> I kept him in a little box uh, and uh, we couldn't let him inside of the house because we had other cats and um, and they didn't like him. And he was deaf and he was like 17 <gasps> and he would sleep under, unfortunately, the back wheel of the car. <laughs> so oh. not the greatest place. And I remember so clearly coming home, I loved him to death, coming home from a field trip and being so excited, got into my mom's car, so excited to tell her about going to Mammoth Caves in uh, (laughs) Kentucky, I believe. And um, uh, she was like, something happened to Simon. And we had to drive. We drove to the vet and he, you know, was in terrible condition. And my mom, I was like in fourth grade and she was like, this is the situation he can either have surgery, which will frankly cost a lot of money, um, and he is very, very, very old, so it will be very hard on him to do that, but we can do that, or we put him down, and it is your cat, and it is your decision. <gasps> and it was such a, like, and I was there, and I chose to put him down and yeah. put him out of his pain, and and I watched him pass away when they euthanized him, I was in the room and it was one of those things where it's like, it, you know, it didn't make me, I mean, I'm still afraid of death, but it definitely was like, this is like a very heavy, important, pivotal moment in my, like the way that I now view the world. And it is like to, to hide someone, some, someone from that, to shield them from that and then to have it happen to like a family member or a friend yeah. first i cannot imagine it's yeah it really i mean if if your if your brain has not gone through the electrical signals before to get you to that point where it's just like it doesn't shut down when you yeah. experience that loss yeah i totally agree i my my mom we you know we lived in new hampshire for a period of time when i was a kid and my mom would bring, you know, I was raised in an Irish Catholic household. My mom would bring communion to people who were too old to come to church wow. to get it themselves. And so, like, we had all these, like, relationships with, like, 95-year-old women in New Hampshire. And it's like – Totally. Yeah. Um, and there was this woman named Olive who was 100 and 
103. Oh my God. I, what was so wild to me is like, she had like an 84 year old son. Like that was huge. Like her son was Whoa! like, yeah, I was like, this is, this is bonkers. That's way too old. Right. And I remember like, I remember going to visit all of, there's kind of a ghost story involved with that, but that's for another time. But um, I remember going to visit Olive when I was a little kid and her like truly saying to my mom and I like, well, I think this will probably be the last time we ever see each other. Like she just kind of knew that like, wow. you know, the credits wow. were wrapping up. And yeah. so, so yeah, like it, but that was, I remember like driving home with my mom being like, why would, why would like Olive say that to us? And my mom being like, well, like, you know, I think she wanted to be able to like say goodbye on her terms. And that is, and I do think like in a weird way, that was a very helpful experience to go through. And of course, and like, as I'm sure as like, I don't know how much Olive was aware of like the value of this or whether she was just like, I'm 102. Like, I don't care what, how my actions impact you. But I think like (laughs) specifically like saying to a kid, like, and this will be the last time we see each other in this way. Like that was such a, Wow. And also to have it happen with such grace and poise of like, as your, as your mother said on her terms, like that is such a like lovely sort of demonstration of like, this is where I'm at. I'm at the end of the line and that is okay. And like really nice to know you. And you know, that was the thing. Like, and then the wildest part was Olive died. And then like two weeks later, her husband died. And then like a week later, (gasps) their son died. Like they were just like, bump, bump, bump. Like, and, and, uh, to me, it's like I don't know. <laughs> I like I remember as a kid at the time being like, "Well, they're all like they're all together." But yeah, but, oh my gosh, I was like, I hope there wasn't like a remaining family member who was like, "Guys, wait, yeah, <laughs> hold up, <laughs> yeah, they're eighty-two year yeah. old dog." Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh, childhood death and uh, uh, grief. I think might the now might be the time to transition into reading of the story. Okay. And can I can I tell you that I um one of my big spooky fears is reading out loud. So let's see how I do. And listen, this is truly the lowest stakes situation. I Our know. gentle listeners are very welcoming and understanding. I'll um, tell you this, gentle listeners. I read out loud once, I'm transported back to the fourth grade, <laughs> being made fun of for not knowing how to pronounce a word. I don't know. Conscience. I thought, I believe it was conscience (laughs) and, uh, you know, uh, a chill goes down my spine. Okay, here we go. So this is a story called faster and faster. Uh, Sam and his cousin Bob went walking in the woods. The only sounds were leaves rustling and now and again, a bird chirping. It's so quiet here. Bob whispered but that soon changed. After a few minutes, the two boys started whooping and hollering and chasing one another around. Sam ducked behind a tree. When Bob came by, Sam jumped out at him. Then Bob raced ahead and hid behind a bush. When he looked down, there at his feet was an old drum. Sam, see what I found, he called. It looks like a tom-tom. I bet it's a hundred years old. Look at the red stains on it, said Sam. I bet it's somebody's blood. Let's get out of here. But Bob could not resist trying the drum. He sat on the ground and held it between his legs. He beat on it with one hand, then the other, slowly at first, then faster and faster, almost as if he could not stop. 
Suddenly, there were shouts in the woods and the sounds of hoofbeats. A cloud of dust rose from behind a line of trees. Then, men on horseback galloped towards them. Bob, let's go, Sam shouted. He began to run. Hurry! Bob dropped the drum and ran after him. Sam heard the twang of a bow firing an arrow. Then he heard Bob scream. When Sam turned, he saw Bob pitch forward, dead. But there was no arrow in his body, and there was no wound. And when the police searched, there were no men on horseback, no hoof prints, and there was no drum. The only sounds were leaves rustling and, now and again, a bird chirping. Oh, Katie, first of all, you overcame your fear because that was a beautiful rendition. Was it okay? It really was. It really Con was. Con science was propelling Con- me. And and listen, you're talking to the you're talking to the right person. Um, I I I famously am always uh, stumbling over my words like I just did. In any event, <laughs> this story is a wild outlier amongst yeah. this series. I will say, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very artful. It's very artful. It's very yeah, exactly. It kind of breaks the the mold a bit because I'm used to when I think of scary stories to tell in the dark, I think of like the um the repetition, yeah. the callback, the sort of like got closer and closer and et cetera, et cetera. And uh and this just feels like it sort of it fades away. Yeah. It really is like a soft, it's spooky, but it's not um I would say if I heard this as a child, it would not scare me as much as maybe confuse me. Yes, because I'm not used to this sort of level of storytelling. That's the thing. It uh, like there there's a, some degree of nuance to it. Uh, there, like uh, an inescapable thing about it. Nan and I have talked about this in a previous episode. Is like there are a couple stories in this series um, that I think are representative of a lot of campfire stories that typically take like indigenous culture and turn it into something scary. I was going to say it's a, it's a touch racist. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's of, of course, I mean, it's like the, well, isn't there that one that's like the famous, like the Wendigo yes. or something? Yeah. That, and, yeah. and we, we, with a, with a gentle listener's help, we did kind of a deep dive into research about that and how like, that's a completely like bastardized version of like a very fascinating, complex part of like, of course, um, of indigenous course. folklore, uh, that is like much scarier and much more nuanced. Um, and in this one, right, it's like there is this cursed object, this like fear of um, people who used to live on the land we're on. Yeah. And yeah. and there, I feel like in so many of these stories, like a weird, like in the back of a, an entire nation's head, this like guilt of like, oh, we straight up stole this is mm-hmm. then turned into like, so we should be scared of their ghosts rather. 100%. Yeah. And so therefore, exactly. And the sentiment there is, I was thinking about it as I was reading it, it's like, so the sentiment here is, I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> that, right? Because yeah. if they came back, well, they're going to take our friend Bob. That would be, yeah. That is, and and it is like such a, um, that is present in so much of the like scary story lore in this country. And as I understand in like any other country where, you know, indigenous people have been driven out or subjugated, it it, like works its way in where it's like, whoever, whoever the colonizer is has to like create a new scary story to like kind of brush under the rug 
the culpability and instead be like, oh, right, this is just a mysterious, scary thing. And I don't know why it happened. It just did, you know? But you know what, though? It does make me kind of excited. Here's my, here's my trying to turn this into something, frown upside down. Okay, good, good. Um, It does make me excited by the idea of new ghost stories being created to make children more aware of issues like this. Oh, totally. Where it's like, even, you know, it's like a get out is such a great example of that. But like, um, you know, just, oh, what kind of lore can we create where we become more self-aware of like who we are and what our history is? And I'm sure it can be done and I'm sure it will be way fucking scarier. (laughs) Virtually every culture throughout history has its own ghost stories. And it's great to be able to have access to those stories now from the cultures themselves rather than from like a game of telephone in terms of telling those stories. Of course. I think a lot about a scary story in this book um, called The Hook, which the whole thing is like, Uh, like having a prosthesis is the scariest thing imaginable. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is like, and you, but you just think of how many of these stories come from like rural areas where people are in like incredibly homogenous communities and like the like lizard part of our brains being like fear anything that you're not familiar with totally very quickly then turns into i mean i've i've started um i've started following like some some uh advocates on twitter who like talk about facial differences and how Mm -hmm. much like villains who have like scars or burn marks or are disfigured like that is still a trope that is happening constantly and it keeps like driving this narrative into a culture yes of course and and yeah um have you seen not to cut you off but i just got really excited have you seen the movie freaks todd browning 1930 oh yeah that's a wild one that's a wild one and i rewatched it because i was also like I was if it, it for the listener who does not know this is a movie that was made in 1930 it stars extremely famous uh sideshow freaks right. um at the time and um you know definitely like obviously there's a lot of issues with that cuz they're you know you know uh, how these people are treated but right. I rewatched it and I have to say I was pretty surprised by how it was like, well, they, you, you see this community of people, they all, um, they, they, <laughs> you, you empathize with them. You see their daily lives. You watch these people having dinner and communing together. And then the evil person is the like, quote unquote, like normal hot yeah. woman who is in the circus. And, um, and it is really interesting. And I, I, it had a lot more humanity to it than I expected um, I totally, on the rewatch. I totally agree. I mean, it's like obviously any movie made back then, not everything is going to oh. hold up to, to, to no. today's standards. But at <laughs> yeah. the same time, yeah, like it fl- – and the wild thing is, so that movie was banned in the UK up until like the 90s, which is you – know, right. like there were it, – it really faced a huge backlash. But not because – not because people were like, oh – these performers are being exploited. It was because it was like, I don't want to see anyone like that. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. And um, there's a really great, I'm forgetting who it's by. I apologize. There's a really great book called American Horror Show, which is about Mm. like um, the journey that like America took in terms of like what horror becomes popular when. Mm. And, um, and that this, like there was a sudden rise in 
horror coming from disfigurement after World War One, which was yes. like wow. s- suddenly in in these small towns where you might not see someone who has a facial difference or is uh you know a missing a limb or who uses a wheelchair, like suddenly like all of these people returning from war were like in these small towns, and wow. um and instead of the narrative becoming like right this is the same person who th- like this person still has the same humanity I do and deserves to be treated with the same respect and care that I like instead it became like, Oh, how scary, you know, like, absolutely. And, well, they went away and they came back and they're not the same. Right. Sort of, and, you know? and, yeah. and freaks yeah. is like a, is like such a funny flip of that script where, yeah, like we are empathizing for this group of people who are very happy to be who they are and to have yeah. the community they have. Um, and the fact that like in that, it's it people kind of compare it to that scene in Psycho where like the audience is rooting for Norman Bates to have the car sink into the swamp. Totally, totally, where, totally. Where there's this really great, like really terrifying scene where um yeah, this like circus showgirl who has been like plotting the murder of her husband, who is like a famous little person in the circus, is in a thunderstorm, like running away from yes. the fellow freak performers who have caught on to her plot and like want revenge. And yes. the thing is, like, there is a there was like a split in audience reaction where there are the people who see themselves as the woman. Wow. And then there are people who are like, get like, yeah, like get this, you know, yeah. like ableist murderer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. It's like 100%. such a funny split. It's so that is so interesting. No, I really it's also just like a crisp hour. I mean, if anyone wants it. to watch, it's a really quick yeah. watch. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the thing that I was really, um, so shocked by was like every scene, um, like with like these like differently abled people that you see, it's like, they're not, no one's commenting on, on who these people are beyond like, oh, you're, they're talking about, I'm worried about my husband. I feel tension in my relationship. They are just absolutely living their lives. And it's a really like lovely thing to see. And, uh, and also they were just like, they're like great actors. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I was just so, I was so, um, just like pleasantly surprised where I was like, oh, I'm glad that I wasn't like watching this the wrong way yeah. as a kid, if that makes sense. Or if like, if I thought this was a good movie for the, the, the bad reasons, you know, it's um, that, that is just like, and, and right. It comes up so much in these stories. And especially when it comes to like the scary stories we tell kids, you know, mm-hmm. th- that these stories are that um, mm-hmm. it, it makes a big difference. What you project to a kid as being scary you know, absolutely. like that. Yeah. Like, um, you know, for a lot of people too, like in horror movies, the, the scariest thing imaginable is like not dying, but like being disfigured. Um, yeah. and that's just like an interesting, like, you know, I, I grew up in a small town as like, you know, the only like visibly disabled person that I knew. Um, yeah. and, and it's funny then, like, as I'm meeting like other comedians who have certainly different disabilities than I do or face accessibility issues that I don't face, like hearing about the experience of like what it's like to watch a movie where you're like, oh, they think I'm the scary person in this movie. You know, like, 100%. yeah, it's such a nuts, um, yeah, it's such a nuts like realization to make. And times that I for sure have like put that into my own material, you know, as a person who like likes writing scary things. 
Totally. No, that's so, it's so true. And it's like, you know, to look back on, I mean, it's like, oh, and also, you know, of course that, and then also, you know, the way like trans people are oh my God, depicted yeah. is like, these are serial killers. Right. These are crazy people, yeah. you know, and like dressed to kill. Have you seen that I, movie? That is, it is so, it is so surreal to watch yeah. that movie. I didn't know what it was about and I, I watched it maybe totally. a couple of years ago and it yeah. is so surreal to see that now, you know? It's pretty bananas. Yeah. It's really tough, you know, um, like the, the Ace Ventura of yeah. it all. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's shocking. Um, but you know, again, why it makes, uh, watching a movie from the thirties, uh, like this. So, um, touching. Yeah. And that's like, I have, a, I have a lot of appreciation. It, like there's, there's some part of me that as a kid, I mean, I love the universal monster movies, you know, which I've, I've talked about a lot on this, on this show. Like, um, but I think to me, something and again certainly not all of them have aged well there are elements that work and there are oh, elements yeah. that don't but i think something that i recognized even then like even watching like phantom of the opera the hunchback of notre mm. dame like it's the like marketing that made those those like characters considered monsters you know um Absolutely. like in the movies themselves i mean the phantom is like a, a creep and like you know is, is a bad person yeah. that has nothing to do with <laughs> the fact that his face looks the way it does um but it's like the humanity that's that so many of these monsters are treated with like your feeling for someone who is like listed as the monster in this movie um and right. i think the only one that you don't feel that way is dracula and dracula is like a very like sexy in control person <laughs> Yes, you know? yes, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's such a. It's like it really is funny. I I rewatch those movies every every October, and it is like so. It's so fascinating looking back and being like, oh yeah, like the monster in Frankenstein is is like one of the most like devastating. You just feel for him the entire movie. And it really is like, everybody leave him alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. It is. It's like, it's a big, it's, it's so tragic. Anna and I sometimes talk about who we would cast in the event that this was turned into a feature film. Um, So it's, it's Bob and Sam boy, a kid named Bob, a kid. Folks, we're talking about a kid named Bob. <laughs> Have you ever in your life had heard a funnier thing as a child than the name Bob? The concept of someone being named Bob. Kids, I, I, I worked at a theater camp for several summers teaching improv. Kids love to name a character Bob. They love it. Yeah. They, yeah. Who, who is this? Who's the class? Who's, who's, you know, uh, oh, I have to, this is the broom that we're going to use to sweep the, at the end of the day. What's this broom called? Bob! Every explosion of laughter. They love it. Yeah. They love it. Yeah. Um, Can't get enough of the stuff. So, okay. So Bob is the one, Bob is the one who is shot by the arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, who are we thinking? Who captures the oeuvre of, of Bob? Maybe like an old soul in a young body, potentially even just an old soul playing a young body. Who do we think? Um, my first, my first reaction. And if I thought about it more, I'd probably come up with something better. The first thing that flashed in my mind was, uh, what's his face? Who, um, who shoots himself in, uh, 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 oh God. Um, in full metal jacket. Oh my um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, oh my God. <laughs> now maybe that's not, no, uh, you're right. That's it. Is that right? That's do, you, it. do you see it? Because okay. you no, know, and, and it's like shot in kind of a pen 15 style. Yes. You know, like yes. he's in like a horizontal striped shirt. 
<laughs> With a propeller yes, hat. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like short, <laughs> short boy shorts. Yeah, yes. wow. I love that. Dressed truly like a school talk, just like <laughs> yes. a wee lad. Yeah. Why is the propeller cap the symbol of a child? I do, I really don't get it. It's literally like, oh, my big lolly. Yeah. Um, it is it is so weird. Yeah, my my there's like a ribbon in my hat and I'm skipping to school. I do I do wonder how much of like so many of these ideas we have are sourced from like a single Looney Tune cartoon. Like your Yes. Your uh, like pervert wolf Halloween costume Katie is Oh wow. So so good. <laughs> Just Perfection. For the, that is that means the world. I uh, for the listener, big huge Halloween freak, love to make my own costumes. <laughs> and uh, this year I went as the Awuga uh, Hamana Hamana pervert wolf from the Tex Avery cartoons, the canceled wolf. I would oh, say. Oh yes, yes. Um, created a, a very toxic environment for all of the uh, his coworkers at the time, and is very bitter now. And uh, I bitter. sort of really yeah. has not figured out. He's not figured out who he is. Without no. the bulging eyeballs and pounding on a table. And uh, I will say that the thing that made the costume so um, successful is the cooperation of all of my hot friends yes. um, in letting me pose behind them <laughs> in their hot people photos. Um <laughs> Where there was just like, you know, like I went to a party with like, oh, there was like the, a Playboy bunny. There was a Hooters girl. Oh, yeah. There was just like, you know, sexy, cute outfits that, you know, like God bless. Um, and then I, you know, they let me, they really entertained my, uh, you know, want to um, uh, be in the background of the photo saying a wooga, humana, humana. Very much yeah. a collaborative costume, which I always appreciate yes. seeing. Yeah. Yes, wow. absolutely. Really brilliant. But yeah, like, the, yeah, the, the. The spinny cap, propeller cap, um, big the big spiral lollipops, as you pointed out. Like, yes, <laughs> I, maybe that was just we just saw that more often back then. But like, yeah. it's still yeah. I a wild moment for me was mm. I never you know the like the go to tune when like you're washing yourself of like da 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 da. And I was like, the saddest thing is I'm never, there's no way for me to describe what that song is. Like, because totally. I, I don't know the words to it. And then my old boss, <gasps> one time I was like, I can't believe I'll never know what that song was. And she was like, oh, that's a Tweety Bird song. And the lyrics no are, way. in the bathtub, happy times again, watching oh. all my troubles go slipping down the drain. And I was like, you have wow. freed me from a never ending torture. I didn't realize I was in this prison yeah. until you let me, you gave me the damn key. I know, key. the key. <laughs> yeah, that is unbelievable. <laughs> That's so funny. And also, like, how much of childhood was your childhood um, sort of really trying to live out the, like, I'm in a bubble bath situation oh of, like, God. give me the rubber ducky. I want a big brush yes. with, like, bristles on it <laughs> to scrub, scrub a dub-dub. And then it's, like, the reality of it is, like, um, like father has put not enough uh like bubbles in tub it's not it's not big and there's no big bubbles sort of coming up to go pop you're sort of sitting in it you can like see your own body which is you know you know what i mean you're like oh i don't like this this is not magical at all uh the water's lukewarm and there's like absolutely nothing to play with and then you're like get me out of here yeah i'm just sitting in filth at this point yeah yes, yeah it is yes. that ugh, trying to recreate cartoon experiences is classically yes. hard <laughs> um, and I, and I guess the only person, to, the only other person to cast is Sam, who is the oh, yes. other, who was the other cousin. Oh, this wow. one's a little trickier, right? Because it feels this like this is 
He's the he's the he's the don't do that. He's friend. the don't do that friend. There might be a little more um, ethos to this performance. Right. Who's it going to be? I I had an impulse. Uh huh. Because there's something about this this performer who I feel um, is so good at seeing tragic things happening and emoting in mm. a way that's like a. And I feel like Sandra O oh might be the move. Wow. For Sandra, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Again, we're casting against that. type. You know, it's adults playing children, but there's some like I can just see her face turning to see Vincent D'Onofrio get hit <gasps> by the invisible arrow and falling to the ground. Totally. And I know it would be evocative for sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely spot on. Yeah, I feel really proud of this casting. Yeah, this is like this is all star. <laughs> so. Katie, before we go, and this has been an absolute joy. I know this episode's running a little long, but you're the most- Can I tell you, I don't want it to end. <laughs> I'm having the best time of my life. I don't have anything after this. After this, I have to go back to work. I have to clean my damn house. It, Are you kidding me? I don't been, want this to end. I, I love this. I knew it would be a joy, and yet it has surpassed even my most joyful expectations. Wow. Um, it really and can did. I say one more time, Anna- we miss we you. miss you, and we'll have you know what we'll have to do it again sometime with with all three of us. What a trip! Yay. Maybe oh. maybe we'll do a viewing of Deep Blue Sea or Anaconda. I if you that would be wild. How dare you propose that to me and have it not follow through? <laughs> I want the listener to 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 mark this time. Yeah. It is it is it is eleven thirty eight a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> this absolutely must happen. I want it so badly. I can't imagine a more fun evening in my that, life. That maybe maybe it will be our holiday gift to the listeners. Maybe we'll try to work that out. That would be very fun. That would be so fun. Yeah. Okay. And, and yes. everyone <laughs> sound off in the comments if that sounds of interest to you. And let us know. <gasps> let us know whether you prefer um Anaconda or Deep Blue Sea because both would be yeah. winners. Yeah. Absolutely. Um but before we go, so Anne and I like to do this segment called Scary Ideas for Things That Could Happen, where it's yeah. very simple. We just uh, uh, describe a potentially frightening thing that could in some universe or existence happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 will give you, I will give you an example of one. Yes. You are fixing up an old jalopy uh. in your uncle's mechanic garage in a rural uh. area. And you cannot wait to fix this thing up. You're very enthused about it. But when you open the glove compartment, uh, you find what appears to be a knuckle bone. And you're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And the knuckle bone is attached to the trunk key. And so you take the key out, you go to the trunk, you turn it, it pops open, and a skeletal arm shoots out and reattaches the knuckle bone to its finger and says, I've been looking for this. (laughs) That could happen. That could happen. That's really good. Did you just make that up on the spot? That is on the spot. I, sometimes I, I think what happens to me is I um I look around me <laughs> to yeah. just come up with an example. And uh, there's a picture of an old car on a book near me. And that's what I went with. 
Well, and you know what? That's that's the improv background there for you folks. And me, me don't 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 have I never touched the stuff. So I, I you know, I'm a little nerve nervous here. No, you're you've um, already you're you're batting. I was about to say you're batting 100, which I don't think is good in sports, but I'm saying it is positive. <laughs> I believe it's batting a thousand. Batting a thousand, which is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big D minus for yeah, old Katie. No, no, uh, no you, stinkeroo. Yeah, we you're, gotta. You're nailing it. You're nailing it thus far. So whatever happens here <laughs> is is just that's just gravy. Well, to cushion my, um, I I know I'm gonna bomb this. So to cushion <laughs> this blow, uh, I'm gonna compliment you for no reason. Other, uh, I want to say before this ends. Your 31 ants for Halloween <laughs> has brightened my month in a way that I did not know I needed. I think about the line of um, uh, uh, the Texas Chainsaw one where you say, Leather, you made the out of teens, out of teens is the funniest coupling of what I really um, just adore it to no end. So thank you for that. Katie, now. I am, I am <laughs> blushing. I am blushing like a pasta sauce right now. That is very <laughs> kind. That's wow. quite red. That's quite folks. red. I, it's, this might be a medical problem. That's very Mama kind of you. Mia. And coming from you, that Excuse means me. a ton. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Something scary that could happen is... I'm in the shower, scrub-a-dub-dubbing, and uh, I hear a little noise uh, outside. Now, I live with someone, so I assume it is my my partner, Luke. And I, oh, does this have to be like first person, or it is doesn't it just like have any, to be? And I, I'm kind of enjoying. I'm kind of enjoying first person. I am. So let's continue. Okay, great. Let's continue. Okay, great. So I'm in. I'm in our shower. I'm nude. (laughs) And I look fantastic. And I hear this noise just beyond the curtain. Uh, I open the curtain, and there is no one there. Uh, But I hear a a sort of rap-tap-tapping in the kitchen. I call out. No one answers. Luke is not home. Luke is nowhere to be found. Uh, which is not what we had agreed upon because uh, I needed the car. So that is an issue for me later on today. Um, And so I step out of the shower. I grab a towel. (laughs) I look so awesome. (laughs) And I, our front door is open inexplicably. And I go into the kitchen and what is written in blood above our pantry is uh, I'll be back love Luke (laughs) (laughs) that could happen that could happen where did he go where did he go why didn't he use a pen where did he use a pen? That, and you could have texted me that. When your significant other uses blood instead of a pen, uh, man, am uh, I right? Honey, <laughs> bowl, bowl in a, a china shop, am I right? <laughs> gotta be neater than that, folks. Katie, I thought that was excellent. And the, the twist <laughs> the twist of it being from Luke was really, that was a good one. That was a good well, one. Thank you so much. It could happen. That could happen. Now, Katie, uh, what have you got coming up? Where where can people follow you and, and view your amazing work? 
Oh, brother, I, uh, I'm i on Instagram. That is the only place you can find Good. me. No TikTok, no Twitter for me. Too scared of this stuff. Can't <laughs> touch it. So find me on Instagram at, at sex underscore is underscore weird. Those are my cartoons. Um, keep an eye out. I am working on my very first book, uh, a, a book of comics um, that is going to be awesome, huge, all new work. Folks, it's not going to come out for a while because, my God, it's taking so long. My goodness. Uh, so keep an eye out for that whenever that is announced. Uh, I'm also taking submissions for said book. So if you follow me on my Instagram, keep an eye out on my stories because I'm going to be asking for topics for people to submit anonymously to be in the book. Oh, uh, would love to have you. You got to take her up on this, everybody. You're like, please do follow Katie. Sex is Weird is so perfect and hilarious and singular and you're just gonna love it you're the best thank you so much. my pleasure um and you can follow our little podcast at scary story underscore pod you can email us your scary stories at scary pod scary scary story pod at (laughs) gmail.com you know when you forget your own email name (laughs) i do ain't that the darndest ain't it the darndest um (laughs) and let's see katie just thank you again and again this was so much fun I am so sad it's over. I absolutely love this. Thank you so much for having oh, me on. Well, you'll be back. I have no doubt. Um, Please, can we do it? everybody else, I have one piece of advice for you as we enter into holiday season. Get out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. <laughs>